0: Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of Lost in Translation Mon. This time we'll be covering Digimon Ghost Game Episode 64, The Call. I'm May and I'm joined by the Jellymon Clush who is maintaining a pretty steady eye contact with me. So, Quinn, Chloe, and myself are not able to record together this week, so we'll be doing the usual Lost In Translation Separation Mon. There we are. Got there eventually. Lost In Separation Mon, where we will have Quinn and Chloe's quick comments and then on to May's monologue. So, that'll be as usual whenever we... Have a separate recording. There we are, got the words out eventually. So it's very warm today, also. Uh, So, quick synopsis of this week's episode. We are basically thrown straight away into the plot of the week and I guess plot of the series as well. We have Hero away on a fishing trip. And is running late because his boat hasn't arrived yet. While we also have Ruli and Kyosho investigating a strange, ominous call that's going on. Then the hero notices when he's actually on the boat once the boat arrives that everyone is kind of acting strangely, including his friends. And uh, then at the same time, we have Ruli and Kyosho who are also noticing that people are walking towards the ocean and acting fairly strange. We then have uh, our obligatory body horror where we get bone snapping noises as these humans merge into these really kind of like Creature from the Black Lagoon creepy sea monster-esque things. And uh, then we realize, oh, there's a Mon of the Week and it's Dagomon as in Cthulhu. We skip some evolutions because we don't have time in this episode for the evolutions which I feel like we haven't done in Ghost Game yet but we do in this episode so that's a plus. So we do that and we have a fight but we basically are losing against the fight. We have to have Espimon deliver some sour candy for them to break out of this hallucination. But then Thadismon and Lamontmon revert due to the time limit. Canon Weissmon for some reason isn't affected by the time limit. Evolves to Serismon and goes to fight Dogamon. Dogamon Instead, get sucked into a portal, and Black Tailmon and Cathylamon show up to deliver heroes farther from the digital world. We then get some shots of various Digimon that we've seen throughout the series, and we learn from Mummymon that the digital world is disappearing or has disappeared. And with that, with that out of the way, let's move on to Quinn Chloe quick comments.
1: Hello, y'all. Welcome to Tired in Translation, Mon. Uh huh.
2: It's me, Chloe, and her. Quinn. Yeah.
1: Hooray. <laughs> it's us. We're great at this.
2: We're recording separately this week because of circumstances. Indeed. Um, this is episode 64, The Call. Um, our predictions from last week was that this was going to be a call of Zero to Thulu, and Quinn was going
1: to explain. Quinn, can you explain? Uh, so, I think most of our listeners will be familiar with kind of the most famous episode from zero two which was if i remember right episode 13 in which hikari gets taken to a third dimension that is not the human world or digital world but is called the dark ocean
2: when you said third dimension i thought you meant like wait are they canonically 2d
1: (laughs) (laughs) that would be amazing uh no no so she goes to a universe that is not Either of the two that had previously been introduced, uh, and Dagomon is there and also wants to sleep with Hikari and have her have children. It's oh, very oh. weird. Oh, no. Yeah. In the dub, they went with, you're gonna be our queen, which is less bad, but less still bad. bad. Yeah.
2: Um, less, um... Oh, God, though. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so,
1: you know, this this definitely was more or less what I was expecting. Okay.
2: we We, we predicted relatively accurately? Yeah. Cool. So... Let's just go right into our highlights then.
1: Um, Quinn, you want to kick us off? Yeah, so the episode's intro was was spooky. I really liked the sort of mind-controlled zombie dudes approaching mm-hmm. people. It was pretty good. I'm I'm into I'm always into fog. Fog is such a good uh spook. Yeah. I
2: liked how this one they were kind of like, you know, we've had plenty of others where uh there's someone getting mind-controlled and then a bunch of screaming happens, but this one was a lot more understated and mm-hmm. I really liked that. It was just, you know, Oh, I understand now.
1: Yeah, it was a lot more meaningfully terrifying because of how low key it was. Yeah, yeah, was yeah, exactly. Yeah. It. it was, it a good was intro.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah. Always is. Um, and then I was also pretty terrified by the whole, you know, they go out onto that little like man made island to fish and then just get
1: stranded yeah, there. The guy just leaves them and never comes back, and we never do find out I mean, what was he one him? of the zombies or, or like, fish people, whatever, or was he just a jerk? And we never do find out.
2: But like the fact that like we so we even took it back to check because we weren't positive and like they weren't just completely out at sea. Like you could see the city skyline off in the distance, but like it's far enough away that you know there's no way they'd be able to Yeah. There's no way they'd be able to uh swim that. And so oh god, just the idea of being stranded out there. Yeah.
1: Mm. (laughs) yeah so that that was a pretty scary part of the episode if you actually sit and think about it for a minute especially when he has no cell service and can't tell anyone where he is yeah
2: yeah exactly (sighs) um i i liked the and before i even knew that our big bad was just effectively Cthulhu. I really liked the cthulhu vibes we were getting. The whole, mm-hmm. like, you know, eldritch knowledge, uh, driving people insane kind of vibes. I was a fan
1: of it. I love that the Cthulhu mythos accidentally became public domain so people can actually do stuff. Yes. Please make things public domain. Please. This has been your public service.
2: Let, it, let things be public domain again.
1: Yeah. Anywho, um, I really liked the sudden body horror when we started switching into the, the fish mode. Yeah, when the dude's neck just, <sighs> like,
2: grew gills and then got well, really long. Yeah, well, got really long, backwards. then
1: got gills, then got longer. Yeah. Then he started turning green and getting claws. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, so, I, I
2: wasn't expecting it, so it, yeah. it caught me off guard and it was, it was really good. Yeah,
1: I was expecting spooky. I was not... You know, I was not expecting the guy to just start randomly transforming into really pretty good body horror we haven't done in a minute.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I was pretty stoked that we did get a Cthulhu episode. My understanding is that there have been others in Digimon, but, you know, I'm a Digimon noob. This is my first one, and I liked it.
1: Yeah. It was there good. there are not that many. Just Mostly oh, okay. the one, and then, like, one really kind of crummy follow-up.
2: Oh, okay. So not very many. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... I'm glad we got one then. It's oh. like the perfect season to this do it in. This
1: is definitely the season to do it with, and I'm glad that they did. I, you know, my my terrible troll brain went to it should be the same Mon from Zero Two, and I'm still, you know, hoping that that'll be the case, but it definitely will not. Mm, yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't be. hold your breath for that one. Just, come on. We've got universe hoppers. Just, mm-hmm. just do it. Do something weird.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, a more minor highlight was that I do appreciate that, you know, we had to fit enough plot into this episode, enough plot and atmosphere, that we didn't take the time to show Gammon shouting, Gammon, Warp Shinka to go to Canon Weissman. We just suddenly, Canon Weissman was there. Yeah. I wish we could do that more often.
1: Yep. Uh, it's a common uh, theme from air in, in previous seasons of going, yep, it's a good episode when they're skipping the evolutions. Yeah. And... I think this might be the first one of you know, a couple anyway, times we've really skipped an evolution.
2: Yeah, I'm struggling to think of any others off the top of my head at least. Yeah. It certainly could be the first one. If not, there've been very few.
1: Um, I loved the tentacles from the the wounds. That was really mm-hmm. good. Especially with then it being the hallucination stuff on yeah. top of it. Yeah. Ugh.
2: That was pretty cool. Um Yeah, it was just a, a good good spooky theme thematic elements.
1: Yeah i wish we had focused a little more on the hallucination bit it was really cool Mm -hmm. and i was i was really into how they were you know effectively all taken care of and then we had to deus sex machina with some some candy yeah pickled plum candies which we'll uh, get to that though yeah yeah anyway but that
2: that kind of covered our highlights i think Mm -hmm. um it was a good episode i liked it yeah let's talk about lowlights
1: Creepy friend was in the episode.
2: Yes. Kotaro was in the episode and, as always, had to have the first thing out of his mouth be something objectifying women.
1: Yeah. Somehow being good at fishing is going to get him women. Yep. Like like you do, and then no one pushed him into the ocean and drowned him like they should have. hmm I didn't write this one
2: down, but... And it's... <sighs> I can't decide if I feel bad having this as a low light or not, because I get why they did it, but having the entire first half of the episode be all foggy and blurry
1: kind of hurt my eyes. That's fair. I. It's worth noting your eyes were hurting already today, though.
2: My eye, That's fair, but, like, I don't know. I, I wish the saying, things though. had been a little clearer, and I do appreciate that by the end we, you know, dispersed the fog and were able to, you know, see things properly. Yeah. But um, the minor low light for that one. Yeah. For more significant lowlights, um, there there was was
1: so many Ex Machina.
2: Yeah, we had Erdramon Ex Machina, Ruli Ex Machina, um, Dad Ex Machina. Snacks
1: Ex Machina.
2: Yeah, it's um, like people just knew where other people were despite uh, the show making an explicit point of mentioning that there was no cell service and people had no way of contacting each other.
1: Yeah, Ruri eventually got some texts from Hero, but I, I don't. Think they gave much information other than we were trapped in some fog. So you they know, sure didn't. Maybe go to the ocean.
2: Yeah, and that's the other thing too is that you know, Espimon just kind of finds Hero. Yep. And that segues nicely into my and next.
1: Still carrying his candy. We should note this. He brought it to battle.
2: Yeah, for Candy ex Machina, of course. Um, but that segues nicely into my next lowlight, which was, so, you know, we did, I appreciate that we just went straight to Canon Weissman without making a big deal about it, but why not just have, like, why why have Tr- Canon Weissman try to fight this huge hulking ocean shadow alone? Why not be like, oh no, I should find my friends and meet up with them? you know or like grab
1: a hero and get out
2: yeah and just yeah exactly get out of there and group up with your friends so that you can try to fight them together yeah like Espimon ended up serving the role of finding hero but there was no reason not to just have canon Weismon do that
1: yeah and, and I... on that note how does
2: Espimon have
1: any idea where hero is <laughs> yeah um i've harped on it already but the, the snack saves the day thing we've done it at least twice yeah, and this was at was least with the, the second D100 time. the D one hundred that they did, or the two D tens, whatever? Yeah, I don't understand it. I don't know what happened. It may have destroyed the digital world? Question mark. You think so? I don't know. It's I doubt really it. unclear because the episode did not do a good job of exposition. Really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, we had um, Triangle X Machina, where we just kind of had Black Tailmon show up to trap uh Dagomon in a an electric triangle.
1: And then back through a, a gate, like we could have theoretically done with a lot of the bigger villains.
2: Yeah. I guess.
1: Also, why did Hero then need to sign for something?
2: Well, that was probably for the delivery of his dad. I guess. Which by the way, this episode cannot convince me that Hero's dad is not both dead and evil.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
2: That's not his dad. No.
1: I refuse to believe it, even if the uh, the show ends with it not mm-hmm. revealing that. Yeah. That is not his dad, and his dad is evil, or, you know, the guy taking his place. Yeah. Please, Hero's dad, be the big bad. Please. It makes so much sense. It's too good to be true, though. Plus, know? Hero could have to kill his dad, which would be very cathartic for me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like we, we did get some plot this episode, but I wish we'd gotten some more like exposition to kind of explain why things are going on. Um, you know, like what, like, okay, so dad's here, dad's
1: back, but why? You know? Instead, we're going to focus on a global power outage. Well, there's that. I was going to say, you started with, hey, why did you say that your son's your spitting image? And apparently that was just a one-line misunderstanding. We don't even get an apology from Dad. And we did like 30 episodes on that. Yeah, he just says,
2: oh, did I say that? Not even, oh, sorry, did I say that? Just, oh, did I say that? (laughs) And we spent so long harping on that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there was, I mean... The spooky elements were really good, but decent portions of the episode fell
1: flat. The episode didn't know what it wanted to be, because as a standalone episode about Cthulhu showing up, it could have been pretty good. Mm -hmm. Or they could have done an episode where Dad showed up relatively early and explained how apparently the digital world is being destroyed and taking out most of the world's power with it. Yeah, But trying to do both of those in the same episode really made neither one of them quite click for me.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I had a really good thing to say, and I forgot what it was. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Dang um, it!
1: Um. Oh, I I will say, why did Cannon Weisman not try blowing up the fog earlier? Apparently that works.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes it just takes time to think of things. I guess. I suppose. Yeah. But yeah, so good episode, but certainly not without its faults. Yeah. 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 Um. If I think of the other thing I had to say for a low light that I didn't write down, I'll say it later. But. For now, how about we move on to our favorite characters? Sure. You want me to start this one off? Go for it. So I'm going to go for Dagomon. It's Cthulhu. Yeah. You know? Enough said. I I haven't seen a Cthulhu in Digimon before, and... It was a decent one. It was spooky, yeah.
1: I like. Oh, I loved when he exploded into a giant mass of tentacles the second time they pissed him off. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm also going with Dagomon, but mostly by default, because there weren't a lot of characters in this Mm -hmm. really any one of the characters could have been the main on this one because no one really mattered
2: Mm -hmm. yeah
1: at the end of the day none of the three were able to impact dagomon at all and we had to just send him back through a portal through no fault of heroes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah like even after rolling the d100 (laughs) yeah
2: the episode was good enough that i'm not going to you know go so far as to pick an abstract concept or a character from a different show yeah yeah it did kind of feel like it was just sort of by default
1: yeah yeah i liked a lot of aspects of this episode but it definitely could have been better
2: Mm -hmm. uh rating ranking wise
1: uh so i'm giving it a soft five um i'm putting it in second place okay um i definitely think there was room for improvement mm-hmm. i at various points i thought i was going to maybe give this a 5.5 5, of you know Ooh. one of my only ones but uh the the last couple of minutes really dragged it down a little bit for me
2: can we do a
0: 5.5
1: we sort of agreed to let each of us do one a season
2: oh really yeah I at least that was a that. thing we
1: discussed there at one point
2: mm, Okay. Well, I I wouldn't have given it to this one anyway.
1: Yeah, I briefly considered it earlier in the episode. It was looking, like, so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I also gave this one a 5, but like I said before, it's certainly not without its faults, but I think that the horror elements made up for just the kind of, admittedly kind of preposterous amount of just things worked out because we needed them to that happened. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I I gave it a 5, and I put it in 7th place. Um, Miscellaneous
1: yeah. thoughts about the episode.
2: Uh yes, it bears repeating that Hero's dad is both dead and evil, and this episode has done nothing to change my mind
1: of this fact. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm willing to go. He might be alive, but definitely evil. God, I hope. Please. Yeah. Um, the episode was really good on the spooky, but there were like seven or eight just unexplainable Deus Ex Machina moments. Here. Yeah. It really would have been nice if they could have smoothed that over with some some better writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or it also could have been nice if this had just
2: been, like, give us a two-parter.
1: Yeah, a two-parter would have been great. Specifically, you could have just done the entire Dagomon thing, have him go into the portal, and then leave on a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. And now now Dad showing up is not a just, next time on, maybe he'll finally tell us what the series is about. Mm
2: -hmm. Um... And this is a miscellaneous thought that I didn't write down, but I was considering making the fake-out ending a highlight, except then I remembered that I would have been furious if the episode just ended like that. So, like, I can't make it a highlight if it, like...
1: The fake-out was kind of good when he just knocked him over and then the, the you know, next set of uh, tentacles came out of the water.
2: No, no, no. I was talking about when, you know, Angoramon starts doing his, you know, end-of-the-episode oh, aphorism. Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly all of the power everywhere starts turning off. Yeah, all right. And all the Digimon start crying. Yeah. Like, I would have been kind of furious if we just ended the episode there. So I do like that we did the fake-out ending, but, like, if the alternative is having it just end right there, I'm not going to give that a highlight. That's just kind of, like, the minimum that they should have done. That's right. And they did. So I appreciate that. I am
1: changing my favorite character. Oh? Dr. Terriomon. (sighs) Who said nothing. Who said nothing. <laughs> was just but there. But was amazing and was there. doctor okay. Terriermon.
2: Dr. Terriermon. All right. Okay.
1: Uh, so, that brings us to miscellaneous thoughts about the series, I think. Yes. Do you want to take this one? Yeah, so I, I kind of mentioned a minute ago, but this was episode 64, and I still don't know what the larger plot of the series is. Episode... Apparently, the digital world is getting destroyed. We've been dealing with a wave of migration for like a year now, mm-hmm. and... At no point has Hero so much as considered, why?
2: Yeah, episode 64 of 68, mind you. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so, like, we were kind of speculating about this before we started recording, but, like, so, if if the whole thing is that, you know, Hero's dad somehow predicted that the digital world was coming to an end or something and he needed to evacuate Digimon to the human world, like... Why couldn't he have told someone? Even if it were just heroes. Even if it were just heroes, so that we could have any idea what was going on. And also, you know, why couldn't he just, you know, tell the Digimon, hey, okay, you need to get to the human world right now, but also please don't, you know, eat anyone or make their lives significantly worse.
1: Yeah, the, the Digimon was definitely saying, someone talked to us, opened a portal, and then I walked through, and I, like, it's either Dagomon or Dad, and I think it's Dad.
2: Mm-hmm. But I hope it's dad parentheses evil, not dad parentheses good. He does good. hang
1: out exclusively with, you know, evil versions of previous season protagonist Digimon.
2: Well, I mean, dark does not inherently mean evil, unless that's a Digimon thing, does it?
1: No, not not necessarily, but there is like an 80% correlation.
2: Mm, okay. Well, fair enough. But yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm interested to see where the plot goes. I hope they're not cowards and they let Hero's dad be a, uh a bad guy i'm not gonna hold my breath for it though unfortunately
1: Ugh, please let dagomon just have formed some tentacles into the shape of hero's dad
2: oh, yes please
1: that would be so good that would be so good oh uh, did i say that mm-hmm. anyway
2: oh did i um yeah i guess i must have uh anyway um you're you're my son right you <laughs> uh, i'm back yeah, um... How's your mom? Is she
1: still in Brazil a year later?
2: hmm Well, but it's not like uh, Dagomon would know about that. That's fair, that's fair. In fact, if anything, Explains Dagomon why would he didn't probably be ask. like, I'm gonna go home and see my loving wife. Oh, wait, you mean she's not here? Um, <laughs> ignore that. Oh,
1: please, please let him just be Dagomon in disguise. <sighs> that so
2: good. And that's another thing we were talking about, too, was uh, we're hoping that Dagomon's gonna be back, but we have four episodes left, and there are, like seven or eight different Digimon that were like, oh, I hope this one comes back.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dagomon and Millenniummon are the two big ones, and I feel like you really shouldn't necessarily have introduced both of them and teased them both as coming back, especially when we've got, like, four episodes left and you haven't told me the plot. Mm -hmm. Why? Why was Millenniummon here?
2: Mm-hmm,
1: (sighs) mm-hmm. So
2: yeah, I'll be interested to see where it goes in in the last four episodes. Hopefully uh hopefully it'll be good. We'll we'll see. Next time on? Next time on. The next time on episode is called The Black Zone of Death. God, that's extra. It really is. Um <laughs> And it kind of seems like the premise is, uh, what if you could get unfathomable power by sacrificing, by sacrificing your, friends. your friends? And
1: Kiyoshiro is implied to have done so, although I'm expecting that to be kind of a fake out.
2: Oh, almost certainly, but like at the same time, why? Like it doesn't really seem like something Hero would or not Hero Kiyoshiro Kyo. would be all that into. Like yeah, yeah. Like, dude it just is fit
1: his personality. A wealthy genius who. Hangs who already out in the has... dorm because he's bored. Yeah, yeah,
2: who wa- who went back to Japan because
1: he is that much of a weeb. Um built a power plant. Yeah. <laughs> like he really doesn't seem like he needs more power?
2: Yeah, he just he doesn't strike me as the power-hungry type. Like he he kind of fell down the rabbit hole with the knowledge and that I can believe because you know, he's yeah. a smart dude and probably, you know, had his ego Bruised with uh I mean, that'd be me. What's its bucket, Mon? Challenging him to uh, the the trivia contests or whatever, but just power doesn't really strike me as something that Kiyoshiro would be all that into. Yeah. I- so it's probably a fake out. But if it's not, then I'm gonna complain about it because it doesn't really seem in character.
1: Or Jellymon sacrificed their friends. That I could mm-hmm. believe. She would absolutely sell them for you know yeah. a couple of bucks.
2: Yeah. Okay, I could see that. Yeah. That'd be interesting. So anyway, that's what our thoughts were on this week's episode, episode sixty four the call. Yeah. Of not Cthulhu Mon.
1: The Call of Dagomon. hmm Yeah, fun episode.
2: Yep. Good one. I complained about it a lot, but I did still give it a five.
1: Yeah. There were a lot of things to nitpick, but the episode itself was very fun to watch. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was a fun one. It was a good one. I hope we get more I hope we get more like it, but like without the weird bad stuff at the end.
1: Yeah. You've only got four left please blow me away with these last four
2: yes commit to getting like actually horror mm-hmm. kill the main character do it you won't cowards kill hero's dad mm. then he will be dead and evil exactly. oh Z millennium
1: mon could possess hero's dad he
2: Ooh. still has the thing in his pocket at some apparently oh. hypothetically
1: yeah yeah and millennium mon does do a lot of possessions okay
2: it could happen i'm believing this i now. want it to
1: happen Ah, uh, It's Millenniummon versus Dagomon. That's the fight that's been happening this whole time. Mm. God, that's going to be so much better than whatever it actually is. Oh, yeah. Anyway, night, y'all.
2: Bye. Oop, where's the stop? Where the hell is my mouse? There we go. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry,
1: listeners.
0: And now back to myself and the Jellymon plush toy. So, highlights. The animation was great. Great use of lighting with the... Pier scene when they're fishing on the pier waiting for their boat. Uh, There's some great lighting with the sunset, big fan of that. Also, uh, the fact that we're getting into the plot, that's good on its own. Uh, Cathylamon making an appearance again, was kind of expecting Cathylamon not to pop up again, just being a fairly cool new Mon of the Week. Surprised that we got her again, but happy that we did. And of course, Teriamon assistant. I don't think we've ever had Terrymon assistant animated before, but I'm really glad that we do. The skipped evolutions I was a big fan of, as I mentioned the synopsis. I feel like we haven't done that in Ghost Game before, and it really shows us that there's too much going on in the episode to miss any time with these stock footage animations. So, big fan of that. And yeah, the the body horror with the bones cracking was pretty graphic, uh, and very visceral. The uh, the sound effects of those bones cracking definitely a good level of levels of creepiness same with the ominous chanting big fan of that as always i'm a a big fan of the uh of the creepy and the body horror that we get from ghost game and yeah of course we we get the plot i like that uh when hakuto arrived we have him fall on his face and terrymon assistant kind of like strike a pose big fan of that that was very cool in terms of lowlights, I don't know why we got Sirismon. We got an evolution animation from stock footage for Sirismon, and I feel like we could have removed the whole Sirismon being in the episode for a little bit more lore, I guess. I also feel like it's kind of weird that the other Perfects got the time limit, but it didn't seem to affect Canon Weismon, even though it felt like it all happened around the same time. In fact, we saw Canon Weismon before we saw the other two Perfects, so I don't know why he wasn't affected by it. And in general, Sirismon in being in the battle kind of felt meaningless because Blacktailmon solved the problem again. But overall, those were really my, my two lowlights. As I was uh, listening to Quinn and Chloe's quick comments, because I listened to that before I recorded this, I actually ended up liking this episode more and more after listening to their thoughts. So even though we didn't record together today, I liked the episode more and more. They kind of convinced me to like it more and more. So I actually changed a few of my answers for favourite character rating and ranking. Uh, favourite character was originally Terrymon Assistant. I had a feeling that Quinn would pick it. Uh, but then she said Dagemon and I was like, okay, I'm glad that I picked Terrymon Assistant. But then when she changed to Terrymon Assistant, I said, okay, I'm just going to say Eredramon. But Terrymon Assistant was still a pretty big highlight for me. My rating was originally 3.5, but I changed it to a 5. I mainly gave it a 3.5 initially because I was kind of annoyed that we got serious Mon, I felt like that was kind of unneeded but then again I shouldn't really criticize the show from what it didn't do like it just I guess it just had the time and it looked good at least so I, I shouldn't criticize it too hard for um for doing that serious one evolution because of course it had to do that and ranking went from 34th place with at the very top of the 3.5s basically. To sixth place, kind of like near the bottom-ish of my fives. So yeah, pretty good episode. I was honestly surprised that Quinn and Chloe both gave fives. I thought, judging by their discussion on the highlights and lowlights, I thought that it would be lower, but uh, they they actually convinced me. So that was surprising. Like I, I was the one who was negative about this episode, and then listening to their thoughts, I was like, no. This this episode was was pretty good, and just the creepy atmosphere was just A+. Plus. And of course, it delivered us the plot, so that's pretty exciting. I don't really have any miscellaneous thoughts here. Uh, the Dark Ocean, I guess, is kind of like one of those things that was sort of only kind of explained for Zero Two. The official Digimon magazines and comic books that we got in Australia and Europe and the UK did uh, finish and conclude that story arc. I released a video on it about, I think, two, uh, late 2021, I think. And it basically explains that it happened again. They, they got to the Dark Ocean. They tied it in with the Demon Core arc. And it ended up being the debut of uh, Holy Digimon. And I'll link that in the link dump. If you haven't watched that video already, it is on the YouTube channel. But I'll check that if you want more answers for the Dark Ocean wrapping up in those magazines. So I I don't really have any miscellaneous thoughts other than just like Dark Ocean is enough to excite any Digimon fan. Except in the context of Try, I guess. Now I'll read out the comments on YouTube, which there are quite a few but not as many as previous weeks. So hopefully I can bash through this because yes, it is very warm. In this room. First up we have Chaos Blood Ninja who says that episode 63 was their favorite mon of the week really isn't evil reveal. Previous big bad who once took over the entire world, now a total sweetheart who just wants to look after a bunch of babies very unexpected. Also at the end of the Yara one episode Hero did receive a text message from his mom saying she wanted Hero to show Sonya around Japan so she wasn't lying and they were definitely work wives. I kind of love that. Like, I completely forgot about that, but that is... That's great. Next, we have M, who is not ready for Ghost Game to end. Me neither. I'm really enjoying it. The series has been fun to watch, and they love the character so much. They had no idea how it's going to wrap up everything in, like, five episodes, but either way, they're going to get emotional. See, I feel like they can... I mean, they've already started wrapping up in episode 64, but I'm fairly confident they'll be able to tie up every loose end because there's not actually been that many, so I think that's easily tied up. Next, we have Allison, who says that uh, looks like Shaman really did take good care of Quartzmon Digitama after the ending of Hunters. They personally love when Digimon that are naturally evil are depicted as being actually nice. Yeah, agreed there. Now they want to see good guy Pokemon. The episode is also the first time Sunmon and Chikemon appear in the Digimon anime, and they hope that, that means we'll finally see Chichimon's line being used in something in the near future. And uh, yeah, maybe. I I like when we see older Digimon or Digimon that are from maybe the video games that haven't had like that much of a spotlight put on them. So big fan when we use older Digimon as well as new ones. At the very least, I'm hoping Digimon Seekers does a little bit with that, but I guess we'll find out. Next, we've got JCmon05 that says, When Angoramon says happiness isn't being full, but being 80% full, they felt that. And yeah, me too. 100% full after eating is so bittersweet because they can't move or need a nap. And yeah, absolutely. Like, like it's when you go to a buffet, you either come out like 100% like you just don't feel good, you've eaten too much, or you feel like you haven't eaten enough. Uh, and, I, and maybe I should aim for like 80% next time I'm at a buffet because I always feel like 100% is just a mistake. Next, we have Mystic Digital, who says they really enjoyed episode 63. And even after reading the synopses, as they come out, Ghost Game still manages to surprise them. Yeah, me too. I love that the synopses... I know a lot of people avoid them because of spoilers, but every time I read them, I feel like they don't really reveal much. Like, I don't, I don't ever feel like everything in the episode is really revealed there. It's kind of a good teaser. Of course there are moments that, like, you can assume that, like, oh, we know that Kortsmon was in last week's episode because it was in the synopses and this week it was kind of, like, vague. Next week did mention Hakuto and Terrymon Assistant showing up in the synopses so, we knew that was happening, not that it was happening this episode, just that something big was happening. And they're kind of like vague towards the end. With evolutions, I feel like they're better than they were with Colin. Colin always had like, and then Lilymon evolves to Rosemon. Except for like the, um, the surprise evolutions like Poncho But mostly they were, they're kind of like not super full of spoilers, which I'm a big fan of that. They say that they're sad that Ghost Game is ending because honestly, it's gotten them through some rough times lately. So, this podcast. So has this podcast even when opinions differ? And yeah, I'm that makes me really happy that like... I mean, not that you're going through rough times, obviously. That that sucks. But it makes me happy that like things like Ghost Game, things like the podcast are helping people get through rough times because I mean, the podcast... Doing the podcast and doing these videos has also helped me through some rough times. And maybe that's why I like Digimon so much that I've been in some pretty like not fun times and Digimon's always been kind of, kind of like a constant. So that's that might be why... Uh, they then say that they're a bit scared that we won't ge- be getting any new anime anytime soon with Seekers being promoted for April, and hopefully their worries are unwarranted. I'm i mean, I'm mean, fine that they're not doing an anime because there's other stuff that's Digimon-related that's not the anime to enjoy. Uh, I hope that Seekers is good. I know a lot of people aren't big fans of the fact that it's a novel rather than an anime, but I feel like a novel can do a lot more that an anime can't. Especially that it's like a free web novel. You don't really need to subscribe to anything. It's being translated into English like on release like officially so you don't have to wait for a fan translation. There's a lot of things that a web novel can do that like an anime can't in terms of like specific Digimon showing up. Maybe they're a lot harder to animate than just to draw or in general just as I mentioned the release of it can be a lot easier to obtain than just you know you don't need a Crunchyroll subscription for it. You don't need to wait for a translation. So I'm I'm excited that it seems to be fairly accessible. It makes Digimon feel like they're actually trying to make it an international brand. I remember like like the, the DS eras uh, where we got a few DS games. I don't think they really came to Australia that much. But I know America got a few, but Japan got tons and not all of them are translated. So it is nice that things are being localized now. Next we have Dasio, who says that they believe this was the best antagonist force is an evil twist they've had, and yet yeah, totally agree, and also felt like a plot twist when this somewhat Eldirect-looking Digimon that just pulled the Think of the Babies card. This was the best type of a- out-of-nowhere twist, and it actually played into the plot drop that the Digimon arrival in the human world has ramped up. They think their favourite part was after Hero, Sirismon, and Amphimon thought they were being so clever, tangling the arms into knots. Courtsman just fused the knots into two bigger hands, since numbers weren't working I feel like that they feel like they were doing decently well in their attempts at making the mega battles feel a bit tactical rather than only more power and yeah to completely agree with all your points there it didn't just feel like the battle was and then I did a bigger attack and I'm also glad that the solution wasn't and then I defeated the evil Digimon because it would get boring if it was just like and then I did the bigger attack and then the big Digimon was defeated I'm glad that they did something that was a little bit different. Same with this episode, this week's episode, uh, we didn't do a just a battle or a hey dagamon People don't like being turned into lizard people. Also, that brings a good point. What happened to the lizard people? I'm assuming they got good again. Um, but I, don't, I think we more paid attention to the the hero's dad and the. Uh, the, the fact that the digital world is disappearing. I don't think we really looked at what was wrong. Like, what happened to the lizard people? Uh, anyway. Geo Knuckle says they're still waiting for Argamon and Nidhogmon to appear. They still have time. At this point, I doubt it. But also, they got their moment in Colin anyway. Next, we have King Pickablu, who says, Okay, going to get their crazy thought out there because before the plot starts. Hero's dad is an adult Rio who's gone crazy from all the dimension hopping. I would love that. That is the best theory i've heard about ghost game and i i need to tell like i'm kind of like sad that i'm not showing i can't show quinn i need to show quinn this because that is i'm just gonna like before i forget i'm just gonna do a quick uh, clip of the script of a screenshot and then i'm going to like there we are you can now hear me typing because i need to uh show quinn that because that is a fantastic theory uh thank you so much king pick blue i don't think that's gonna happen because it sounds too good. Like, that is a fantastic theory. Thank you so much for that. That is just, I'm just gonna give that a, a like and a love heart from, uh, on YouTube comments. Thank you for that. Next, we have Lazy Crokinole who says that this episode was really good. They love it and now that we're in the last stretch, they'll be sad when the series ends. As it gave them good stuff to remember, even if some episodes were not good and Espimon, But hey, we got English-speaking Ampimon and Girls Gamon, They're worth it. They're also excited for this week's episode. And yeah, I'm kind of like sad that it's ending as well. I'm also happy that it's not going on forever because I feel like they'd run out of ideas for solutions. Like it would just be Lilo and Stitch where we're just solving the... We're just finding the perfect place for the Digimon to go, which I guess wouldn't be terrible, but I feel like it might not work as well and it might not be as popular. But yeah, I'm kind of torn about whether or not I'm happy that it's ending. I'm glad that it's potentially ending on a good note though. Next, we have Giyasaga, who says that this was a great episode with some really good creep to it, four out of five. They loved the transforms the Hunger was doing to the people, and yeah, that was creepy. And then they did also equally creepy stuff this week's episode, and how creepy it made, really. It felt weird seeing the universal level threat of the big bad in Crosswars being a softie that was protecting babies in here yeah, agreed it made sense why it took Angoramon to bring really because it would be better to reach his conscience to make him give back the energy just like as someone who loves meat would have trouble butchering a pig for the barbecue he too has an easier time letting another die when he doesn't have to see it up close and yeah that makes sense He's hoping with a preview for next week's episode that we see a Cthulhu Digimon that was used in Dark Ocean. We did! It feels like going to be a big missed opportunity to not use that Digimon based on a Lovecraft icon in the horror-themed season. Judging off the huge saddle on the fish-like transformations of humans, not unlike another of Lovecraft's works, there was a good chance it will finally see it come. And yet, we got Dagomon. We also got the Cthilemon, so that was kind of like a double whammy. So, big fan of that. Next, we have Hafiz, who says, overall, as the whole they like Digimon Ghost Game, especially this episode, as in episode 63. And they think it might be one of their top five series being around the fifth or fourth. And yeah, absolutely. I'm... Even if, like... Even if the ending is just kind of mid, it's probably still going to be... Yeah, I would say top five. Even if the ending is bad, it'll probably still be top five. I've really enjoyed this season. They like the cast and the chemistry with each other, and they like how much the horror stories are implemented along with something new. Yeah, totally agree. Even if the storytelling isn't grand or anything, they have fun with it. And yeah, I that that is probably better than I've ever phrased uh how I feel about the show the storytelling isn't you know some amazing like jaw-dropping every single week and a lot of the time it isn't jaw-dropping but I've really had fun with it and I feel like that's something that we have to remember when we are watching something and analyzing it especially when it's just a kid's show is that like really all you have to do is just have fun with it if uh, analyzing something you can kind of be stuck in like a dangerous loop of like overanalyzing something that is just not that deep and it can make you kind of a little bit pessimistic about things. But overall, I'm loving Ghost Game and I'm just really enjoying not just covering it, but just watching it as a fan. Like, I just, I'm just, I just really like Digimon. Surprise, surprise. Anyway, they can to say, looks like next week, as in this week, is even more fun. Like, don't always trust the previews because who knows what surprise is waiting. And yeah, Digimon always have the problem of not going straight to the level of what the enemies. Uh, which is not a problem because if that Digimon is a higher level or lower level, they can still have a chance of winning against it. And yeah, I mean, this week it was against a Perfect, so it makes sense to go to Perfect, and then we did Serious Mon for some reason. Then we have an Evangelion reference from Joey Gabriel, who says, Restramon is Ava Unit 2, Quartzmon is Anjo, and Roma is Quaru. Yeah, I mean, Restramon is the same colour as... Actually, no AV Unit 1 is I think a restaurant looks more like AV Unit 1 because of the purple, but that's just me. And uh, we still have a few more comments, so let's blaze through them. Narumi says it was a good episode because the body horror will give them give nightmares to most kids who watch the series. I feel like same with episode sixty-four, honestly. It's creepier than D-Reaper's disguise of Jerry in Tamers. I absolutely agree. Like that was creepy, but I feel like Ghost Game has been consistently creepier than that, which is definitely saying something. Their only low light was they were too dramatic to evolve to their mega form. If Angoramon didn't bring Dying really to the fight, they wouldn't evolve to their mega form. And yeah, I think I think Megaform is still something they have to unlock, I guess. KG James says, Whenever Amphimon isn't on screen, the audience should be asking, Where's Amphimon? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Side note, when Ginrymon go, go, uh, they love them so much, and even more than Espimon, and they feel like they just vanished. Uh, They went to go hang out with the Digimon Seekers cast, because Rudimon is in that, I guess. I don't know. Speaking of which, it is kind of cool that we get Rudimon in this series, and then he's popping up again in Seekers. Big fan of that. Next, we have Mateus, who says that this had barely anything to do with the episode, but they just realised something. Ghost Game happens in real time since we got two Halloween episodes during Halloween, and now the new year happened. Does this mean that the characters are almost two years older compared to when the series started? And they said they mentioned this because they look identical, even wearing the same clothes. And that's just funny to them, knowing how Digimon characters change and grow in height during time skips like in Hunters or Zero Two. And I didn't notice that until I read this comment like a few days ago. But that is absolutely right. While, yes, it's only been like, I guess just a year and a half-ish since the start of the series, time has passed. I'm guessing it's more like a, uh, a a Simpsons timeline where we have had like a million... Halloween episodes, but the characters are still the exact same age. Homer is now, uh, was someone, and this makes me feel super old, was a teenager in the 90s. We are soon going to have uh, Homer being the same age as me, uh, which it makes me feel very ancient. So I think it must be just on that sort of timeline of the characters don't age, because they should at least be like a year older. And the characters all look the same. Speaking of which, I'm fairly certain the characters are the same age as Masaru in Digimon Savers, who is 14. I made a tweet the other day about how Digimon Seekers seems to have actual adults, and we don't really have uh, many chosen children as adults. We do have the ones in the uh, Cybersleuth games, obviously, who are older, but I don't really count them as much. Uh, these are actually the main characters, and they are all 19 or over. In Savers, when I had a lot of people saying, oh, but what about Savers? They were all adults in Savers. No, no, no. Um, Yoshino, yes, yeah, she was 18. Uh... Thomas and Masaru are both fourteen somehow. I don't know what diet they're on, but they look like they're in their twenties. So it's completely fair that someone would say that they look in their twenties, but they're not, they're fourteen. Same age as the cast of Ghost Game. I will never understand the age in Digimon. It doesn't it's not, it not doesn't exist. Next, we have Amelia, who says they're just here to curse Quinn for making them hear the word tapewormon. I'll, I'll pass that on. Then we have Andrew, who says colour them shocked again. They never saw Quartzmon as the Digimon. What's next? King Dressil as the AI Firewall. And, yeah, it's kind of funny how we might just have, like, more big bands just kind of show up as Mon of the Week and nothing happen. Next we have user Oy who says, what about Ginyurumon? um Yeah, that th- that is interesting that we don't have Ginryumon. We did have the other commenter who I kind of joked uh, about going to the Digimon Seekers one, but we also didn't have him in this episode either, so that's kind of interesting. And next we have for Udi who says it's kind of a bummer for the series to end in a month or two. The only thing in the show they've disliked has been Espimon. They're super excited to see who our big bad Digimon or Humon is. And yeah, me too. I'm excited to see it end, but also, yeah, kind, kind of sad. Kind of sad. Because I've been enjoying this, ep- this season and this episode was good. Last week's episode was good. It seems to be wrapping up on pretty good terms. If you were to just watch the quote-unquote plot episodes or the evolution episodes and yes I know I missed I just misused quote-unquote you meant to say quote then the thing and then unquote but try and find me someone who does who uses it that way it works much better this way even though yes in text it doesn't in speech it feels it feels fine anyway I know a lot of people have that as a pet peeve so I just wanted to uh, highlight that anyway so um now I forgot what I was saying bummer um Yeah, I feel like the the episode... Okay, I remembered it. Okay. So even if you only have the evolution and the plot episodes, quote-unquote, you can have basically a really good series. I feel like most of the plot or evolution episodes were the better episodes, mostly at least. I feel like there's a few that aren't fantastic. But I feel like if you just watch those episodes and cut out anything that was just filler, you have probably just like... a Fantastic series of Digimon. Even the people who don't like Ghost Game would probably still enjoy Digi- the Digimon Ghost Game if it was if it didn't have all the filler, I guess. But also, it'd probably be like a twenty episode series, which I mean, still still good. Our thoughts about the series so far. That kind of covered it. Predictions for next week's episode, which is episode sixty five, Black Zone of Death. That's a metal name. I have no idea other than what I've read in the synopses, which is, I mean, it it could go any way for this. I'm it from the preview it looks terrifying and creepy and very ghost game, which makes sense because it is ghost game. But I I don't really have any particular predictions other than just I'm looking forward to it. Of course, after next week's episode, we do have a week off, and then we have the last few episodes of the series. So I guess that's happening. Alright everyone, so thanks for listening to another episode of Lost in On Join us next time for Ghost Game episode 65, The Black Zone of Death. The link dump's linked in description. And you can contact us and stay updated. You can leave us a comment on this episode on YouTube to join in on the conversation. And for a full list of ways to find the podcast across the internet, so YouTube, TikTok, Twitch, and Twitter, head over to linktree, linktree slash If you enjoy the podcast or videos or even my synodal posts online, you can show your support by signing up on Patreon and get some cool rewards and help us hit milestones. And thank you to our current supporters on Patreon. Stephen Reeves, who is Y164 on Archive of Our Own, Katawashi, Chisai, who can follow on Twitter at Chisai236, Neobu, who says you should follow Chisai on Twitter at Chisai236, Lizmut, who is like one on Tumblr, Nicholas Emery from Gone Hunting, a Hunter Nature World podcast, Magnus, Lucas, jason 5 Patrick, Jason, Shelby, Digital Hazard, who is on Twitch at TheDigitalHazard, Tropimon, Tamer, and Joe. And, of course, you can make a one-internation on PayPal, which can be found linked in the description. It's paypal.me slash You can also tweet me on my coffee account, ko-fi.com slash edra, and that is it for another week. So thanks for listening, thanks for chatting, and thanks to Quinn and Chloe of course for always joining me in the discussion be it separately or at the same time. I'm very appreciative of them. So let me know your thoughts in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube, like, comment, subscribe, etc, etc. And of course, we will all see you on the next one, presumably. Bye!